Well, Ruth chapter 2 and verse number 15. Ruth chapter 2 and verse number 15. Once again, we're so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for visiting with us. Thank you for your faithful attendance. For those uh, who are here each and every week, we're so glad you're here. And uh, we've enjoyed going through Ruth. And of course, the first uh, chapter was about the famine and a 10-year time span at least. And then the second chapter we've been going through, Ruth chapter 2, is about the field. And it's only about a 24-hour a day, but we see, of course, several different thoughts that God has done and what it means for you and me uh, as a believer. And so, Ruth chapter 2, verse 15, once you've found it, and if you're physically able to, if you can stand to your feet this morning uh, for the reading of God's word, uh, we'll just read a few verses here and then pray, and then you can be seated. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not, and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned to this today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take her knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity and privilege we have to be in your house this morning. I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Thank you for their willingness uh, to be uh, here to learn from you. And Lord, be with each and every uh, children's classes and nursery and teens and and that's going on right now as well. Bless their services and be with those who are online tuning in today. May they uh, hear from you. May they uh, be comforted as well and know we love them. Uh, be with each and every person that's here in the service today. I pray you open up their hearts and ears uh, to your word. Thank you, Lord, for the baptismal service we'll be having in a little bit as well. Uh, thank you for tonight to be opportunity to observe Lord, the Lord's Supper and just contemplate and think about and meditate on what you've done for us on Calvary and how we can respond to that today. I'll be with this message out of Ruth 2. Thank you for the truths that you've given us. May we learn, may we be challenged, be comforted and help and encouraged and strengthened. Uh, We, Lord, we give you all the glory and praise. We're asking that you'll flow through me. Use me, Lord, as you would have me too. And thank you so much for all you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Several years ago, there was a pastor who showed up to his country church one morning and he came in and there was one person in the audience. He waited a little bit longer and still one person. So he went up uh, to the older gentleman and said, sir, he said, "Uh, there's only one of you today and and you still want me to preach. Well, the old farmer looked at him and says, well, when I go to feed the chickens in the morning, if only one chicken comes up, I still feed it. And so the pastor got up and he preached. And he preached, and he preached some more. It was a long sermon, and he finally got down, and he went up to the old farmer, and he says, well, what do you think about the message? I tried to not spare anything and give it all I had. The old farmer looked at him and says, well, he says, when one chicken comes to get fed, I don't give him the whole bucket. And so, of course, this morning we have a, another lady here who probably felt... Like she had just enough. The Bible says later that she was sufficed. 
We read in verse number 19, by the meal that Boaz had given her, of course that meal was a covenant, it was uh, an agreement that I am going to take care of you, not just for a little bit, but for the rest of your life. And this is a covenant we're getting into, and she was sufficed, and then she walks away to get back at it, and finds that even more so was she blessed, and even more food than what she ever needed, but God was showing her that he was going to take care of her, and through her, he was also taking care of her mother-in-law, Naomi. And so we see a great picture this morning of someone who got more than they deserved. Extraordinary privilege. And how you and I today, we get the privilege of being a child of God, having all our needs met. But even more so, God is so much good and so much gracious and so much more amazing than we even deserve And we're going to see it four different ways this morning. So I hope we'll learn what Ruth experienced. And in doing so, we'll learn what you and I get to enjoy as a child of God. And so number one, if you're writing tonight, this morning rather, we see extra permission. Extra permission. The Bible says in verse number 15, And when she was risen up to glean, she's already had her meal. She's already had her feel. She has all that she needs But she gets up and she goes back out and works again. And Boaz, of course, takes notice that. Instead of her just assuming his kindness would continue on, she actually says, I'm going to get back out there and I'm going to get back to work. And of course, Boaz sees her do this and he commands his young men, the Bible says in verse 15, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. Now, typically, they could only glean after the sheaves have been done. But he says, a key word here says, among the sheaves. Now, God's law says you just had to give the corners. You just had to give what was dropped to them. You do not have to have them come amongst those and glean with those people who weren't didn't he, in the actual process. You don't have to let them do that. You're just taking care of those in need by giving them the, 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 the corners and the sides. And so we see this morning that when Boaz said among, he was saying, hey, you actually get to go with my employees. And you'll actually get more grain than anybody's ever gotten before. And so we see here, Ruth hears from this and we see this additional kindness She didn't ask for it. She didn't expect it. She probably didn't even desire it. She was just hoping to find some sort of grace. And she gets extra permission that no other gleaners will get. May I say today that when we follow our greater Boaz or our Lord Jesus Christ, we get to experience far more than we ever could imagine. John in chapter 7 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We see those who follow Christ get it in joy and abundance. Not necessarily financial gain, but a life of blessing, a life of wonderfulness, a life of just enjoyment. We have an extra privilege. We have permission, if you will. Years ago, a man wanted to see Buckingham Palace. His guide took him to the gate. And the man says, oh, I don't want to see the outside the gate. I want to actually get inside the palace. I'm sorry, sir, replied the guide. I don't have that authority. 
only members of the royal family can get you inside. And what he was saying was, I'm not a family member. I can't get you in there. But may I say today, as a child of God, we have the opportunity to go into his very presence. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We don't need permission. We don't have to wait. We can come boldly to his throne by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a heart, a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you're a child of God this morning, if you're saved, though you don't deserve it, you have the wonderful privilege of going straight to the throne of God in prayer. I want to encourage us this morning to never forget about the extra permission you and I enjoy as a child of God. And when's the last time you've taken advantage of that extra permission? When's the last time you've talked with God? When's the last time you've spent some time in prayer? You've spent some time in His Word? You spent some time pursuing a relationship with God. So we see extra permission that Ruth was able to enjoy. But I want us to see number two. We see extra protection. Now keep in mind, she's already gotten the two things she needed. She needed provision and she needed protection. Of course, as a widow, of course, as a lady from Moab, uh, an outsider, one who was not allowed in, but because of her marriage through Naomi's son, she was able to come. And because of that, she was able to be there. And this was a day of the judges. This was a day where every man did that which was right in their own eyes. There wasn't a lot of law. There wasn't a lot of, as we would know today, uh, a peace. It was, it was every man for himself. And especially a lady, it was even harder to have protection. And she's already experienced protection. But now we see even more so. She doesn't just get physical protection. She gets verbal protection. And what I mean by that is verse number 15, the Bible says, and reproach her not. See, Boaz knows that this woman was going to get talked about. She has special privilege, special permission. This woman was from Moab, a place where the Bible even said, don't allow them in. Not because God didn't love them, but because they had chosen wickedness. They had chosen to actually battle against Israel and try to destroy him. And because she's there, Boaz says, hey, Reproach her not. The word reproach is the Greek word kalama, kalam, which means to be humiliated, ashamed, embarrassed, or made to blush. Social disgrace. In other words, Boaz says protect her from people saying unkind things about her. Protect her by being kind to her, being accepting. Not just, okay, if you say so, boss, we'll put up with her. No, 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 no. Make sure and guard her from someone who would say something negative about her. We see protection from public humiliation, but also from the pushy harvesters. Now keep in mind that the gleaners weren't allowed to be a part of, of the, 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 the crew that would go through and cut the weed and the crew that would 
bunch it up in the bundles and go forward. They, they weren't allowed in there, but now Ruth is able to, and she's able to pick up things and, and get the first rights to glean, if you will. And so here we have these ladies who would have to, these workers who would have to allow her to come in. And she was going to be underfoot and perhaps maybe she'd get in the way and perhaps there'd be some competition of brewing. And perhaps maybe the servants would even get frustrated with her. And Boaz says, hey, protect her from someone saying something unkind to her, but also protect her from those who try to push her out of the way. I don't know. She doesn't just need protection from the other fields, the other servants who are non-Christians. She also needs protection from you guys as well. And that just goes to show that even a child of God sometimes can allow the flesh and get inside of us, can it not? Even Christians who know better can say things or do things or treat people the way they shouldn't be done. Why? Because we're human beings. Don't you wish when you got saved you became perfect? You know. We're still sinners, saved by grace. Therefore, we must be very diligent to treat people the right way. In fact, Paul admonishes the Corinthian church who were known for being selfish, who were known for not caring for the feelings or welfare of other believers. It was every person for himself. And he said this to him in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Beareth all things, which we know from the previous passage, that's love. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Vincent says the word bear is stego, which is like keeping resentment as the ship keeps out the water or the roof the rain. And what Vincent was saying was, you need to bear the burdens of others. So what Boaz was saying to his servants, not only should you not reproach her and protect her from public humiliation and not saying anything you shouldn't, say unkind to her, but also from those pushy harvesters who are trying to push her out. No, no. Protect her, not just from the evil, but protect her from the good that are not living a Christian life. And then bear her. Bear her as as someone who you love. You show love. You be accepting. In other words, not just are you putting up with this lady and doing it because the the employer said so, but you're actually going to treat her as a Christian should treat other people. And dear church, I want to encourage us today that no doubt God is someone in your life right now that you have to practice the same principle with. Who do you have to bear each other's burdens today? What challenging person is at work that you've got to deal with? What church member may, may be something that you're at odds with, that you need to seek forgiveness for, you need to seek restitution for, or reconciling for, or maybe there's a family member, or even a spouse where there's at odds, or maybe a child with their parent, and, and God says, hey, uh, through, through Boaz here, and through Paul's writing, hey, you need to bear their burdens. You need more than just put up with them, you need to learn to love them, learn to care for them. So we see 1 Corinthians nine twelve. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. And I think one of the biggest hindrances to the gospel of Christ is when God's people don't act like Christians. And here we're, we're, we're commanded by Paul to, hey, we don't want to hinder people from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Ruth here is feeling for the first time maybe the true love of Christ, not just from her mother-in-law, 
but now from actual people in this land who are treating her the way she should be treated. She may not have felt that a lot in Moab, a bunch of pagans, but now she's feeling the true love of Christ. It's interesting to me how human nature's depraved pleasure is what causes so so much friction. You see why magazines sell and why news stories sell and, and why even sports uh, news, they bring up and they drudge up all these, well, it could be, they, they may have done this. It was told they did this, so we're going to assume they did until they're proven wrong. That's just our human nature. We want to gossip. We want to hear. We want to know about someone who's fallen. And God here is telling us through Paul, no, 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 bear each other's burdens. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Love them. I think the best way to illustrate this is through children sometimes. Uh, One of the things they love to do the most, at least from my experience as a parent, I'm sure maybe others know this as well, but this little couple words called tattletale. Mom, Dad, so-and-so is doing that, and you said not to do that. Johnny, why are you doing that? Then you have little Susie over there. (laughs) I got them. You know, as a parent, that infuriates me. Because, yes, I'm glad that little Johnny's not going to burn their hand on the stove now. But I really hate that little... (laughs) Why can't you be loving? I'm glad you brought up the issue. But I've often taught them... The feeling you're feeling right now of glee isn't right either. And that's our human nature. It's not easy to bear other people. It's not easy to get along with people that are difficult to get along with sometimes. But Boaz tells his servants, his maidens, hey, don't reproach her. By the way, we'll see later that she truly is a godly young lady, and I'm sure she became a great employee or or a great gleaner, and I'm sure she didn't cause any problems But Boaz wanted to make sure that she had that extra protection. If we can show that to others, do we not allow extra protection to be other people? You know, sometimes the rumor mill can go around and we can jump on that bandwagon. But maybe we don't really know if it's true or not. Maybe we be cautious. Maybe we be careful. In my life as well, may I be careful. Why? Because... Love beareth all things. So we see extra permission, we see extra protection, but third of all, we see extra profit, extra profit. What did Ruth could experience that she didn't ask for, didn't expect? She was just glad her belly was finally full, and that's all she was asking for, grace, enough food to keep her and Naomi full. The Bible says in verse 16, and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. And leave them that she may glean them. Handfuls of purpose is another word for saying dropping handfuls on purpose. What were they doing? Well, keep in mind that widows were only allowed to glean where the reaping had already happened and in the standing corners of the field. They didn't have to be generous to her. It's not what the law said. They would have to obtain the leftovers... But it wasn't easy or fulfilling work. It was backbreaking work. It was hard. It was like searching and searching and finally coming up with enough food. It was like 
Honestly, it was like an extravagant Easter egg hunt. But if, if you didn't find any eggs, you were going to go hungry and maybe even die. So it was a very difficult thing. But now, for the first time ever, it's going to be easier for a gleaner. It's going to be guaranteed success. It's like maybe a fisherman who goes fishing. And every time he casts that line in, there it goes again. I caught another one, you know. Every time, success, easier. Perhaps maybe someone would come over and say, how are you catching so many? I don't know. It's like my brother one time we went fishing. We were arms length apart. He'd pull one in. I'd pull mine and get seaweed. He'd pull his in again. I'd pull mine out. The worm's gone. He'd pull his in. Another one. He caught eight fish. I didn't even get a bite. I told him, how dare you? You know, can you share some? You know, poor guy. You know, and it was, that's probably how Ruth felt. This gleaning thing is so easy. In fact, Guzik said it this way. How beautiful. Boaz wants to bless Ruth, but he doesn't want to dishonor her dignity by making her a charity case. He lets some grain accidentally fall so she can pick it up. She doesn't even realize. She probably thinks this is just how it's always been. And Boaz is secretly allowing God to use him to bless Ruth. It's like some of you ladies, maybe, and maybe some of you men, that grow garage selling, you know. And you scurrying through all that, and you come home with a couple prizes. Yes! Isn't that rewarding sometimes? You get that brand new item with a tag still on it, and it fits. I only paid $1.39 for this. Tag says $52, you know. That, that sense of, wow, accomplishment, purpose. For the first time, Ruth is feeling like she's fulfilling a purpose. It's like a salesman, maybe, who has a great record day making sales, and then every day he beats that record. It's been easier. And I say all that to say this. The picture for you and I is that when you serve the Lord, yes, it's still work, but is it not better than serving the world, the flesh, and the devil? Isn't it more rewarding? Isn't it almost as if handfuls of purpose are dropped by God throughout your day. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. The Lord is preparing the field of our day-to-day life to ensure that we will reap a harvest. In fact, he literally instructs his servants to help us. Hebrews 1.13, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? God has a way to make sure handfuls of purpose are being dropped all over. It's still work serving the Lord. But it's easier when we're serving the Lord, as he drops handfuls of purpose. May I encourage you today to keep trusting the Lord and keep being faithful. And look for ways where he drops handfuls. I remember uh, several years ago, we were struggling a little bit financially, and 
we got this envelope in the mail and it said Emmanuel Medical Center. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. Every time I think I have them paid off, they find some other reason why I owe them, you know. So I opened it up and I thought, oh boy. And it said, you've overpaid. Here's 900 or whatever. I don't know if it's that much. It was, wow, a handful of purpose. May we not get used to the blessings of God. May we not just get used to relationships God's given us. Even in this church alone are some of the greatest people in all the world. And we say, oh man, yeah, so and so. No, no, they're a gift from God. Your neighbor, if you have a great neighbor, what a gift from God, you know. Your family is a gift from God. Fellowship we enjoy. There's so many ways God drops handfuls of purpose. And may we be faithful whether he drops them or not. But may we always enjoy and realize that serving God is easier than serving the world of flesh and the devil. Which brings us last of all to the extra production. So there's one last thing here today. Extra production. The Bible says there four simple words. And rebuke her not. We see Boaz's instruction. He gives Ruth excess portion for a reason. It wasn't an accident. He was trying to make sure he was also taking care of his relative Naomi through Ruth. But he gives a simple words of instruction. He says, hey guys, rebuke her not. In other words, when she starts filling up her basket, when she starts getting more maybe than she should, or you think she should, when she starts maybe getting more than what you will make today, rebuke her not, allow her to keep going. Which shows us, as we'll get into later, isn't that how God takes care of our children and us? He gives us more than we can ever ask or think. And he's so good to us. We see Ruth's initiative, verse 17. She didn't stop. She gleaned in the field until even and beat out she had gleaned. Isn't it interesting that none of this product, none of this provision, none of this protection, none of this permission would have been any good had she not went to the field. And just a thought for us is unless we get busy serving the Lord, how do we experience his permission, protection, and blessings? If we're sitting by the sideline and we're not being faithful to church, or we're not being involved in the ministry, how are we going to enjoy his handfuls of purpose that he can give us? If Ruth hadn't gone, none of this would have affected her. She could have walked home with all these promises, all these extraordinary privileges that says, you know what? I'm tired. I'm not going to go anymore. i got enough. And God says, Boaz is saying, hey, if you'll go again, I can't just give it to you. But if you'll go, you'll be able to experience and glean all these things. Matthew Henry says, she took care not to lose time, for she gleaned until evening. Carr says, Ruth got what she did because she was willing to work for it. She gleaned and she got. May I say today, the same principle applies to you and me with spiritual things. How do we get the richness of God's word if we're never opening his Bible? If we're never listening? How do we get the rich gleanings, uh, handfuls of purpose, if we're never taking the time to pray and ask God for things? Pray and be thankful for things. Pray and confess things. Pray and just praise God for how good he is. How do we not experience his goodness if we're not 
being faithful and active, pursuing him. Matthew 16 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, we have to go. We have to be busy. We have to be serving for those things to come. John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. How many times maybe have you heard someone give a testimony of how they didn't feel like it or they didn't have much time or they were tired, but they still went out and still tried to share the gospel. And when they went out, God opened the door and they were able to lead someone to Christ. What a wonderful thing that was. And they were able to come back rejoicing, but that would have never happened had they not been willing to pass out a track or invite someone to church or encourage someone at the grocery store or at the bank or at the gas station. And that blessing would have never happened if they wouldn't have gone. May I encourage you today to be, take the initiative. But also we see Ruth's industry, verse 17, and it was about an ephah of barley. Now the word ephah is not a word you and I use much, but as a farm boy, there is a word that I use a lot in the farm world, and that is a bushel. A bushel, of course you maybe have seen the bushel baskets, or to get a bushel of green beans, or a bushel of peaches, or whatever the case may be. A bushel is about uh, 60 pounds, so an ephah is about half of a bushel. So Ruth gleaned about 29 pounds of barley. It's a lot of food in one day. Wow, what a blessing. It's interesting here. The normal amount of grain that they, the men would get paid for working a whole day is one to two pounds per day. So Ruth really got extraordinary. She must have been working hard. She must have been working fast. And then we see Naomi's impression in verse number 18. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. So obviously, Ruth must have brought home a little doggy bag from that meal from Boaz. It says, Ruth, Naomi, here. This is for your snack. We're going to eat good tonight, though, with all this extra barley. May I say today... Ruth experienced more privilege than she ever would have dreamed through extra permission, extra protection, extra productivity, extra production. May I say God wants to do the same for you and me. Ephesians, or James 4, verse 6, but he giveth more grace. Ephesians 3, 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. It still may be work serving the Lord, but what a joy the work will be. We need to take time to meditate on the scriptures, pondering how God wants us to respond to the stocks of truth he's given us. We not be able to find that truth becoming more real in our everyday thinking, but we might also be surprised to find that we had gleaned far more barley than we originally thought, more than enough to satisfy our soul's deepest desires. I feel like all throughout our world today, we see people who are, are doing stuff, uh, maybe something that uh, is harmful for their bodies even, just to get a little thrill or a little excitement or a little something. And they do stuff and do stuff searching, searching, searching. At the end of the day, if they would just fall in love with Jesus and spend time in his word, he would fill that need that only he can fill. So I want to encourage you today, like Joshua 1.8 says, 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It takes effort, does it not, to get something out of God's word sometimes, to get some, spend some time in prayer. It takes time, but when we do it, we are richly rewarded. I am not trying to promote today a prosperity gospel where if you'll just give your life to Christ, all your needs will be met, and everything's fine, and nothing you'll have to do again. No, 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 no. It still takes effort, it still takes work. But I do want to encourage you today that Jesus did something for you and I that no matter how hard we would try, we couldn't do. And that was he was willing to pay for our sin debt. You see, the Bible says we're all sinners. The Bible says because we've sinned, we've come short of the glory of God. Now, sin is something we don't like to talk about, but it's the bad things we do, like lying or stealing or cheating or, or disobeying or, or, or breaking the law. It's, it, it's sin that keeps us from God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So no matter how hard we try to be, we can't work our way to heaven. It's got to be paid for by someone else. And I remember as a young boy wondering, how do I pay for that? I it's too big of a debt. Bible says we've missed the mark. We've fallen short. No matter what we can do, cannot take care of our sin debt. How do we become a child of God? How do we enjoy the privilege? How do we enjoy the permission? How do we enjoy the protection? How do we enjoy the profit? How do we enjoy being a child of God? There's no way we can, humanly speaking. But the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we're yet sinners... Christ died for us. You realize this morning, Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin and mine. We can try to be good enough. We can try everything the world has to offer. We can go to try different philosophies. We can uh, try different self-help books. We can try all those things and we'll only find out that we've still fallen short. Or we can just give our life to Christ. You say, Pastor Justin, that's just too easy. There should be more involved. Oh, there was a lot more involved. You see, Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and me. He suffered pain and punishment. He suffered darkness. He suffered his own father turning his back from him. And yet he cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he perished. The Bible says he died on that old rugged cross. So to make it easy for you and me, he was willing to go to the cross for you. And you realize today, that unless you give your life to Christ, you have fallen short from heaven, from Jesus. But if you accept Christ as your Savior, though it seems easy, there was a terrible price that was paid by Jesus Christ. He will gladly pay for your sin for you. He doesn't make you. He doesn't force you. You have to choose. You have to repent of your way of thinking, and you have to accept Jesus Christ and put your faith and trust in him and him alone. I'll never forget when I was younger, I did that, and it changed my life. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Do you believe that? Will you receive that? Will you accept Christ? Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I certainly do want to enjoy the wonderful blessings of God that you mentioned today, the extraordinary privileges. But I understand it doesn't just happen comes by accepting Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I realized today that I was trusting in something else. 
I was trusting in church and good things. I was trusting on my own philosophy and my own thinking. And I realized today it must be through Jesus Christ and him alone. And I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to become a child of God. If he'll have me, I want to begin a relationship with him. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, Pastor Justin, that is me. I won't embarrass you. I won't point you out. I won't, I won't make you stand up or anything. I just want to pray for you. And the only way I can really do that, if you would just slip up your hand real quick and put it down. And if that is you today, you say, Pastor Justin, I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Would you slip up your hand real quick? I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Several hands. Maybe there's some over here. You say, Pastor Justin, I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. If that's you, would you slip up your hand real quick? I want to pray for you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you say something like this in your heart? It's not the prayer that saves you. It's you accepting Christ inside your heart. Say something like this. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I deserve to go to hell, but I don't want to go there. Lord, I believe and trust in you and invite you into my life. I repent of my way of thinking and accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, How many say, Pastor Justin, I I just prayed that prayer. No one's looking around, but could you just slip up your hand real quick? I want to rejoice with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands. Thank you so much for doing that. By the way, if you just invited Jesus Christ in your life, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call, the Lord shall be saved. You can pillow your head tonight knowing that I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. I'm a child of God. And he will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And once saved, you're always saved. So praise the Lord for that. But maybe there's someone tonight, this morning, that would say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I've kind of got used to the blessings of God, the extraordinary privileges God's given me. And I've kind of uh, drifted from them. And will you pray for me this morning, Pastor Justin, that I'll get back in tune with God and enjoy those privileges once again. If that's you, we slip your hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. Many hands. Maybe someone would say, Pastor Justin, this area of reproach and bear, uh, Boaz's servants, whether they liked it or not, needed to be acceptive, needed to look out for Ruth, needed to help Ruth, needed to love her and treat her like they would want to be treated. And I've got convicted a little bit today that God's put someone in my life that's caused me to have to bear a little bit. And I want to be a better Christian to them. If that's you this morning, we slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody, God bless you. I see those hands. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I'm bearing a burden. I'm overwhelmed. I just don't know what to do. It's a financial issue, a relationship struggle. It's a work thing. It's something that's difficult. And would you just pray for me this morning? If that's you, will you slip up your hand? Oh, all over. Lord, you see the hands. You know the hearts. I don't know exactly what everybody's going through or how you spoke to their heart this morning, but I do know your word is powerful. I know that you want to transform us. Thank you for those who gave their life to you this morning and accepted you as their Savior. What a blessing. May they know, may they feel, may they enjoy your presence as a child of God. Or may we be as a church 
Lord, be willing to bear each other's burdens, be willing to love each other and help those newer to our church, those older to our church, those that are a little maybe more difficult to love. May we learn to serve and love and treat people right. Be with those who are carrying a burden, who are overwhelmed. Lord, I pray you help them today. You know their need. Uh, Be with those maybe who have enjoyed your wonderful privileges but have kind of drifted from you. May they get back in it again and enjoy you even more. Lord, you know the message. You know how we need to respond today. Be with these dear people. With heads bowed, heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to have what's called an invitation. And if you raised your hand today, or maybe God spoke to your heart, I want to encourage you to come forward. We have a time where we can pray, and there's something about coming forward. There's something about spending some time in prayer with God, maybe in your pew, that really solidifies and helps you with the decision that you made. That's why we have this altar call. Also, those who are interested in the following Lord in baptism or joining the church or have something they would like them to pray over, they come at this time too. So if you could stand to your feet, the piano's going to play. May I invite you to come forward today? The invitation, the altar's open. May I encourage you to do what God would have you to do today. Maybe you'd like to follow out in baptism this morning as some that are going up right now or maybe you'd like to join the church. Love to make it official this morning. Maybe you just have a need. Maybe you'd like one of our pastors to pray with you. Maybe Lord's touched your heart in a way that maybe you're just looking for uh, that next step. May you open your heart to the Lord. As the piano plays this morning, may you respond to the message. Thank you for the privilege that we have as people in your kingdom to enter into your field and to reap of the harvest that you have uh, made for us and to reap blessings unto ourselves just simply because you are our loving God. Lord, thank you for this truth from the, the book of Ruth and Boaz and the picture of you that he is. And Father, I pray that you remind us this week as we go out into our lives to share of the blessings that we have from you with those around us. And we'll give you the honor and praise for what you do through our testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Justin's on his way up to do some baptisms, and so we'll see those here in just a few moments. In the meantime, we're going to watch our announcement video. Good morning, happy Veterans Day, and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for the Lord's Supper, as well as another sermon from our pastor, Justin Lehman.
Ladies Service Ministry meets monthly on Wednesday at 1 p.m. at the Forest Creek Park Lodge in Oregon City. This is a potluck luncheon, so please bring a dish to share. We will have a great time of fellowship while we learn more about our missionaries, college students, and homebound church members. We will have the chance to be an encouragement to them at our meeting. Please consider joining us and bringing a friend with you. Don't miss our Pie and Pray service on Wednesday, November 22nd at 7 p.m. Come and enjoy a slice of pie as we celebrate all that we have to be thankful for this year. Grandview Christian Academy will be holding a special benefits concert on Tuesday, November 28th at 7 p.m. Come support our fall fundraiser as we enjoy the musical performances of our students. Churchwide Outreach will meet Saturday, November 18th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and help us as we endeavor to make a difference in our area for Christ. Join us for a wonderful opportunity to help your child sing and develop their voices through our 2023 Children's Christmas Choir. This is for children 5 years old through 6th grade. We will be performing during the Love Was Born a King program on December 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 10th at 11 a.m. Bring your children to the Sunday evening services at 5 for practice. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. As they prepare for the baptisms up there, I just want to encourage you uh, this week as you're out and about to pick up some of the uh, flyers that we have for upcoming uh, Christmas announcements or, or up- upcoming Christmas events out here on the foyer. And so there's a, a set of three of the specific events that are coming up. And so I hope you'll plan uh, to be a part of that and passing those out, finding friends and relatives and neighbors, uh, maybe pass them out and put them on a few doors in your neighborhood or uh, specifically seek out some people uh, in your life that you can share those with. I can make up more announcements. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Well, God bless you. We have uh, several people getting baptized today. We have uh, James and Taylor, and then their daughter, and then we have James's mom as well. So James, if you'll come on in. James, I got to lead James to Christ uh, probably a year ago now at, at the park in Malala, and they've been attending for a while now, but he wants to follow it in baptism. So James, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yep. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, prayer in baptism. Raise my... Accept the Christ as your Savior? I have. Yes. Okay, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, likes of his death. Please, like of his resurrection.
this is Taylor. Taylor, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? I have. I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Very like some steps. Raise and like some resurrection. Kaya. Kaya. Excuse me, Kaya. All right. Uh, Kaya accepted Christ this week. I got to uh, show um, Taylor and... Um, Kaya, the, the baptistry and all that, and we got to get that settled too. So, Kaya, if you can put your hand Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yeah. I baptize you, uh, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, by his death. Raise likes his resurrection. Um, I believe they have a supporting cast down here of about 15 of them. Thank you for coming today. Family and friends, we're glad you're here as well. What a blessing. The children did so well. Awesome. And the servant said, Lord has done as I was commanded, and yet there is room. And God bless you all. Let's pray. What a wonderful day in the house of the Lord. Father, we love you. Thank you so, so much for working in our midst. I pray, God, that you would use us to be salt and light this week. In your name, amen. Amen.